Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, a celebration of Keyforge, of its community, and the excitement of discovery. I am still indubitably your host, Ed Pocock, and today we are joined by the architect of Archons, the creator of The Crucible. It's Brad Andres. Hello, Brad. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. So for those of you who are new to Call of Discovery, our Deck Discovery episodes are all about bottling that excitement of discovery, where our guests share with us the spectacular, strange, or otherwise surprising decks from their collection, decks they consider truly unique to themselves. And Brad, I'd say your deck is looking pretty unique to yourself. Yeah. Um, it to us. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so the deck I have for you guys today is called Brad Andrews, Z Who Rages at the Gulch. <laughs> uh, and this was my holiday present uh, from FFG. All of the employees at FFG got their own custom decks, and uh, this one is mine. Such an amazing touch. And did you know it was coming? I didn't know at all. Wow. In fact, I couldn't I couldn't even be at the holiday party. So the first I found out about it was when my fellow employees started posting them to Facebook. <laughs> so you just uh, you came back and you found it on your desk. Pretty much. Wow. So whose secret was it? Uh, again, I wasn't even there. Like, they just gave them out to everybody. We'll, we'll go with Santa Claus. We'll go with Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think on, on the Crucible, it's, it's some Martian uh, by the name of Gax. No one knows, but there's uh, all these mythical stories, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the deck. Well... It's a, it's a Worlds Collide deck. Yeah, so it's Worlds Collide. It has Saurian, Star Alliance, and Untamed, and happens to have yeah. a Maverick... It certainly does. It's just a shame it's not a legacy Quixo. I know. That would have been amazing. But I will take a Twin Bolt Emission into Saurian. That's a pretty solid card. Yeah. So can't, can't be too unhappy with that. Absolutely. And you've got quite a versatile deck here. Yeah. No, I was really, I was really pleased. Uh, it's got a lot of options. You know, we got some... some all, all of my favorite Saurian cards. Uh, Philophosaurus, Regrettable Meteor... Uh, Exile, as well as Golden Spiral. It uh, gives a lot of flexibility to what the Saurian game is. Uh, yeah. Then Star Alliance got me with the board wipe with two copies of Red Alert. Absolutely. Red Alert has been one of those cards that's really flown under the radar for me anyway, and has saved me a countless number of games so far. I know. It, it, it's way better than you think. If you have it in your decks at home, I would encourage giving it another another go, because I think it's a very, very good card um, that really can, can turn the game around when you're at your lowest. 
especially if you're playing to it. Definitely. And was that maybe a, a conscious decision from a design perspective to introduce a few more cards that never meant that someone could be out of the game entirely? Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the things we want to do with Keyboard, just those comeback cards, the ones that let you turn around a bad scenario. But specifically, they need to be cards that you are playing to. Because, you know, if, yeah. if you can just automatically get out of any bad scenario, then that's not good game design because it doesn't reward skilled play. Whereas I think a card like Red Alert, where you're like, I'm intentionally trying to get my board down and you don't have to fall into that trap. You don't have to overextend. But if you do, I can punish you for it. Yeah. And then there are certainly some incredible synergies there with other cards like uh, Quixelstone that uh, really Red Alert can, can do, some, do some interesting damage. Mm-hmm. Definitely. When you open a deck, what do you first look for and, and what gets you really hyped to play? For me, I, I first look for whatever element makes the deck special. Uh, yeah. Playing that uniqueness and that, that like, what, what, what about this deck stand, makes it stand out above the rest? And, like, for this one, uh, the, the Maverick is obvious. Like, ooh, I'm more interested yeah. because of that. Because, again, you know, I'm going to have one of the few Twin Bolt Emission and Disorian decks in the entire world. Yeah. Um, which is cool. But then I look for what are my repeated cards? Because those are going to be a big part of the experience. Uh, for this deck, it's Red Alert, First Officer Frayne, and then three copies of Bramble Links. And Bramble Links is a super fun card. We, uh, The art on it is amazing as well. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to I haven't even gotten a chance to play this deck yet. Uh, no. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying it out. Because you know if you can combo up a couple of those Bramble Links, on on the same sure. turn, oh man! <laughs> so not too many creatures in the untamed there to kind of reap with. Uh, Actually, I lie. There's there's a good number of there's a good number of creatures. So you you're probably likely to be getting that bramble links off at least a few times in a game. That's the hope, um, especially a... especially with the Gebek and then the fog bank as well. Well, I, I really want to see a, a good turn where I can leverage the song of the wild and then the triple bramble links in the deck. To just yes. be able to really just all of a sudden pull a whole bunch of amber out of nowhere. Yes, yeah, and then you've got the key charge there to make the most of that as well. Exactly, um, and and really push the options. You can always regrowth that Mamook as well to do a little bit of bit of off the cuff damage and um, and make the keys cost one more. At, straight out of hand, and I think we've noticed with Worlds Collide that there really have been a few more out-of-hand key increases. Again, was that purposeful with this set to make more accessible ways in which you can take your opponent off a key by making it cost more? Yeah, we wanted to, we always want to explore new design opportunities, and each set should feel different than the ones that have come before it. And stuff like that was, was one of the things we, we pushed, um, that keys are a little bit harder to get in that set. Looking at your your Saurian lineup here, and you're absolutely right. It's all the all the regular suspects from the Saurian lineup that that seem to be here, making it probably a a lot of fun indeed. But it does certainly uh, lack one of those Imperial Scutums or ways of getting that amber 
off those creatures and, and into your pool besides the uh, the Senator Shrix. Oh, it's got the Exile too, so and, and you really don't want to discount that card. No, it's got a number of different possibilities and options, particularly with the Regrettable Meteor. Uh, to to exile a creature and then to, to get rid of it immediately is, is a rather nice combo. Yeah, you know, I think you're right with not having the Scutums. Definitely hurts it a little bit, but... I think there's there's some good ways. I think you have to be smart on how you exalt with this deck because it won't always work out in your favor. Um, but I think I think it's still got legs. But I'm really optimistic yeah. about decks. So I mean, I'm certainly of the the view that every deck has so many different things to discover. And um, for me, the most exciting decks are quite often not the uh, the utmost powerful decks, but they're the decks with those interesting combos that never quite come off, but you uh, inevitably want to try and make happen. Exactly. You know, for me, the true test of a deck strength is when you actually get a chance to play it. And I think it's more important for me that a deck is fun and engaging to play is an absolute power level. And with Worlds Collide, certainly you find yourself learning about the deck with a number of different plays. It takes uh, often 5, 10, 15, 20 plays to really kind of get a grasp of what a deck can do, what those possibilities are with it. Oh, for sure. You know, like, it's one thing that we've always wanted to be present in Keyforge that the first yeah. time you play a deck should feel different than the 10th time you've played a deck. Sure, that's certainly the case. But I find almost with Worlds Collide, you're still discovering more with that 10th play as well. Was that more of a, a byproduct of some of the things that, that were introduced in Worlds Collide, or, or was that a conscious, we're going to sort of up the player skill level here as well and, and make sure that there's more, more refinement that players can get with those decks? I think the key is finding ways to create deeper levels to the gameplay and the strategy while still keeping things accessible to new players, because that's really, really important that we have new blood yeah. coming in and that Keyforge remains a game that people can engage with at all levels. But maintaining that at the same time that we create those deeper levels, create mechanics like Exalt, which I feel has like a really, really high skill ceiling. Yeah. I think that's, that's really our, our deep goal is that Easy to play, but hard to master. I quite often get my Saurians in a tangle trying to work out what order to play things in. And um, it's a real mental workout. Certainly very much enjoy that. Mm -hmm. And we've really got in this deck the... Uh, the old and the new together with with the star alliance as well one of the combos that's really surprised me it was a real discovery moment for me in this set was the transporter platform with all of those artifacts and finding out actually quite how strong that is it looks like you've got a really really good array of uh, sorry not artifacts of with upgrades it looks like you've got a really good array of upgrades here as well yeah no this really interesting stuff i mean i love light of the archon um so that's there, but with the Explorer Rover for the potential there, Universal Translator, and then Transporter Platform if I need to get them back. <laughs> and an Explorer Rover there is a fascinating card, uh, being both, I suppose, a creature and an upgrade. Um, mm -hmm. 
at the at the player's choice is this likely to be something that we see a little bit more of in the future either blurring the lines between different types of cards or potentially even an introduction of a, an additional type of card um you know again i never i wouldn't put anything out of play because again we want to stay creative and we want to stay flexible in this case yeah. we wanted to solve an issue that putting too many upgrades in a house creates and that is the idea that you just don't have the creatures to put them on. And so these, these, we wanted Star Alliance to be the house that cared about upgrades because outside of them, there isn't a house that like cares inherently about upgrades. No. So we needed to find a solution to, to both those issues. And well, having creatures that could be upgrades turned out to be the solution. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting one. You've got the flexibility there of it being both. And that flexibility I've definitely taken advantage of in a number of different games. It's really come in handy for bolstering some things that the opponent really wouldn't want to have as, as skirmish-orientated. Yeah, well, the other part about it too is flexibility is one of the core themes of Star Alliance. So on top of that, like it, it fit in thematically too. Star Alliance is my favorite house of all the houses. And I'm always fascinated by this looking at the community because there almost seems to be an equal split of people's favorite houses, which suggests a very good job being done at, at designing those houses and, and making them have very clear identities. But certainly the Sarians and Star Alliance seem to almost have the most clear identities of, of any and that that glue or that super glue between the different houses just is super fun to play with and seems to make them very adaptable making the other houses the stars of the show in whatever deck they're in we like to have houses have that support aspect that they can play in addition to more of an active role uh, it provides more opportunities to for decks to feel different from one another. Sure. And just a little bit about Untamed in this this lineup, this deck lineup, and and indeed the set itself. It certainly seems that Untamed has gone through a bit of a, a growth and an evolution from the Amber Rush in the first set to looking at some of the different stuff they can do in the second set to, to this set is really incorporating the Age of Ascension deck tech that Untamed had and adding it to a little bit of the Amber Rush side of things from, from the first set. Are we likely to be seeing different faces to Untamed in the future, or is it going to be building on this this kind of core theme that we seem to see with with Untamed and Worlds Collide? So I, I like to always talk about how future representation of houses is going to be with the idea of the house should feel familiar. You should feel like you're up playing Untamed no matter what set you're in. However, yeah. each set should also feel like a new experience like you're rediscovering that house yes yeah and so i'd say if anything that's what we're going for and that's what i hope comes across that's certainly the case for myself in, in worlds collide um a good example of this being to take tantadlin as an example tantadlin was a, a creature i got slightly less out of i'd say in in age of ascension and then uh, opened up a deck with it in Worlds Collide. And I thought, okay, it's back again. But it's completely different here because those upgrades you can put on it that make it a real threat in Untamed and actually in Star Alliance as well. 
it's going to stick to board. Mm-hmm. There's not many things that are going to make it come off board. But having all of those upgrades on it really makes it a powerhouse. Um, it's fascinating to see how those same cards can be used in completely different contexts. And that's and that's one of the wonderful things about us embracing having some reprints in each set is that the context is so much more important than in any other game of what what exactly is in the set, what's in your decks. And so you can really breathe life into those reprint cards uh, by just including them with new cards. It's it's almost a completely different discovery experience altogether because of course in the the absence of deck building in this game that that kind of gives some of that deck building excitement I'd say I, I'm inclined to agree. So Brad, when you go out and and you get to play a few games with with this deck, what format are you likely to be playing? And and indeed, what are your favourite formats to jam some casual games of Keyforge with? Uh, I, I like um, doing uh, adaptive with friends if we're just going to play over lunch. It, it provides uh, a lot of cool opportunities to explore not one, but two decks. So that's probably my favorite to just jam out two decks against each other with. Okay, awesome. And adaptive, certainly raising the stakes with the bidding of chains. Mm-hmm. How well do you think this uh, deck would play under chains? Certainly it's lacking Logos, so maybe not quite as, as efficient with hand management. You know, this deck can't, can't tolerate too, too many chains. Um, so I'd probably bid low on it. Uh, but again, I, I'm also, from a theoretical standpoint, uh, once I've played this deck a little bit more, I might get a better sense of its ability because it does have a lot of amber control options. So that might let you be a little bit slower and lazier with it. Yeah, I guess if you've got things to to hold your opponent off, if they're if they're able to rush up to to a larger amount, then you're likely to be able to then stand if you've got a few more chains. If if you get the right cards, so like it, it's definitely it's definitely iffy on that scale. So good luck with your endeavors with Brad Andre's The Deck. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to hearing how it does in some of the some of the casual FFG competitions that I no doubt you're having over over lunch and, and drinks and, and whatnot. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think one of the other fun aspects of it would be uh, just the fact of uh, being able to play against everyone else's named decks. Yeah, absolutely, and see who whose name deck really wins out. Is, is there anyone with a really powerful-looking named deck so far that you've seen? I haven't seen too, too many. I've seen a couple of really good uh, deck names. Yeah. And we got the, the incalculably genius, their name. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> So there's there's been there's been some really good ones. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, just throwing throwing down. To be honest, to have a deck um, of your name, it certainly brings a new a new element. The unique deck game. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you want a unique deck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally is as unique as it gets. So Brad, thank you so much for coming on the cast. It's been an absolute delight to have you and. Hope to welcome you back again soon, talking about another exciting set in the future of Keyforge. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, everyone out in the community. You guys are what makes this game so amazing. And 
I'm thankful every single day that I get to make this game for you. We are certainly equally as thankful that you get to make this game for us as well. So thank you. Brad, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. Uh, at Darbimus Prime is my handle. That is at D-A-R-B-I-M-U-S-P-R-I-M-E. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let us know what you want to see more of and less of in future shows. Please do subscribe on your regular podcast app and you can find us on Facebook, on the Twitters, on Instagram, and you can email us any questions you like at discoverkeyforge at gmail.com. But most importantly, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it.